Jersey scene. This is Jorian. This is Quincy. This is Derry, and welcome to another episode of Just Old Talk, your number one podcast for Trinis in Exile. Tonight we um we're gonna try to tackle a couple serious topics, serious topics, probably in a non-serious way. Uh, but we are going to try to take on the topics of the patriarchy, uh, the Me Too movement, and wokeness. And to help us tackle those topics, we have a very special guest, and I will allow her to introduce herself. Hello, my name is Tatiana Vienname, and I've known these guys since we were in college. Welcome, Tatiana. Who is this is person? That- yeah, t- t- just you know, let people know a little bit more about we. You've known us since college, and they are upstanding citizens. They could right? go. That's a good direction. They could do no head. wrong. I ain't got it for y'all. Y'all said the patriarchy. The patriarchy tells women what to say. Like literally, you're living in the patriarchy right now. Goddamn. Goddamn. <laughs> feel already, right, Are we gonna restart this episode? How we doing? It? Uh, what do we need to do to not get? Are we gonna restart today? my life? Like already? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't. do overs. <laughs> We've fallen into the first trap of the patriarchy, mansplaining. Exactly. We've literally forced a woman to say something that she had no interest in saying. That's like, I mean, oh gosh, fellas. But you know, that's why we have a that's why we have a female voice on the podcast because we don't know none about none of this. Well, Joe well, knows, knows a lot about it. Me and Quincy, <laughs> you know, we are Luddites from our previous less iteration so, right? of <laughs> less civilized I mean, time. I mean, it's like saying that, you, you know, like white people, it's okay for them to say that they know nothing of racism. Like, yeah, you kind of know, and you might not be well-educated or well-versed in it, but you kind of know, because you guys are not tyrants. You actually got women to marry you. I mean, I, mean, I've, I have heard about rumors of this patriarchy thing in the wind, but to say that I have an expert on You it, are I, absolutely an expert I, on I it. I defer like, to the I don't experts. Literally, you can teach a class the here. Call. Good Lord. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna di- I'm gonna dive into this. Why Why can't I teach a class on, on the Because you're so comfortable being like, this is what I want to elicit from you. Do the thing I told you to do, whether I gave you instructions or not. That to me, that to me comes across as confidence, not not so, necessarily. So let me ask this: this <laughs> This is like the United States government. We're non-violent, but you see all these nukes behind me. When things get real. <laughs> Right. I'm a light up. I think water. there's a difference between confidence <laughs> and arrogance, and I think you all are very arrogant. And I mean, it works for you. Like clearly, I got wives and jobs and stuff, but it's a step past confidence. I don't, Not I don't yet. have a wife. Not yet. Uh, I'm speaking prophecy over uh, your life, yeah. so. Um. Okay. Thank you. I you know that. what? You know what? What? Let Let Let's start from the top. What is the patriarchy in uh in in your humble opinions? And then I guess we can try to unpack stuff from there. I'm pretty sure that the explanation has like words like systemic in it, and you know. No, I, so, I don't want to. I don't um, want to hear what the package definition is. I want to hear what your thoughts on what what does it mean to you. All right. I mean, I I could start with. That. I mean, personally, what I what I have experienced when people have explained in the context clues what the patriarchy is, is the fact that society is a male dominated society, like male opinions and male. Um, mm-hmm. influence pretty much, right? Uh, it influences society in such a way that, you know, it lessens the voices of women. That's pretty much what it is. Thus, the whole idea of the Me Too movement, like, I hear two horse, like, listen to me. It could also be called the I hear two horse movement. Um, I was going to wow. put that out there. And, 
<laughs> but it's it's that right like the whole listen to women thing like yeah don't don't minimize you know don't minimize women just because they're women because we don't realize that's what we're doing sometimes or at least i believe that's the message that that, that is being tried to to be communicated so that's me guys that uh that's this that is a jorian on just old talk on november 23rd explaining the patriarchy to a woman mansplaining the patriarchy <laughs> so I, I want to say something. Of course right? you do. And, and just based arrogant man. Ba- no, ba- ba- based on on what you've said, I would say that I've never personally felt like I was minimizing anything women have to say. And I'll oh, say that from okay. the point of view of if anyone here has met my mom, they would know that she's the strongest woman. I you know that for for me she's an extremely strong personality in my life and somebody who's is in fact quite dominant so you know and i kind of view most women through that lens because as the first you know woman and the only and you know people would know my dad wasn't in my life until much much you know much much later so this is somebody who formed my personality and i personally don't think that i quote-unquote minimize female voices actually i think of her as an extremely strong person who i do listen to so i i have a personally have a problem accepting quote-unquote I'm part of this patriarchy which I you know <laughs> this, this behind this veil that I am somehow doing something as trained by a woman so unless she upholding the patriarchy too which she might mm. I guess that's, right that's, possible. That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's a problem you're right there's probability in right that. then so you know but the, I understand why that might be hard for me to Accept. So I don't know if Tati have any other words that might help me get through my supposed ignorance, so I can come into the light in twenty twenty one. You patriarchal bastard. I adore you, and also like that's equivalent to a white person being like, "I grew up with my black best friend, and so I'm not racist because I have my black best friend." Right? Like you know a strong woman, you were raised by a strong woman. That doesn't mean that like you're not benefiting from a system that is put in place for men. And men who move like you, like, you're not always necessarily, like, inviting people into conversation. You're saying what you have to say. And if somebody else has something to say, they say it, maybe. But that doesn't mean you listen. <laughs> Stuart, I and listen so, to like, you all the time and you listen to me. I, we, we have, we like, have no sure problems. I'm sure you guys listen to each other in the bromance. No, the bromance has oh, no dear. issues in the bromance. Like, y'all communicate very, very well with each other and you're all men. It's a system, like, the patriarchy is a system that is put in place so that you benefit, for your benefit, literally to, like, decrease your discomfort. So anything that you say, okay, like, me... that is comfortable for your experience, that's probably a part of the patriarchy. And because you all three are arrogant in different ways, arrogant, confident, we can argue over the words, hubris, however, whichever one you want to pick, like, I feel like... Which one is the most positive? <laughs> <laughs> Which one paints me in the best light possible? Like, so that when I do meet that wife and I tell her out of podcast, she listens to this and be like, that's a modern gentleman. Listen, I mean, no. I, don't, I don't, maybe I'm not the one to like, you know, advertise it for y'all. That's why I have other female friends. No, no, no. Tatiana, no. What, what, do you th- what do you see as the benefits that men particularly the men around this table have reaped from this patriarchal system that we apparently have been living in all our lives. 
I think that women have always been in your lives to comfort you, to help you with your emotional labor, to literally take care of you, right? And so that's why you assume that it's the woman's job or the mom's job to take care of a child when it really could be both parents because both parents went half on a baby. But And I think that women oftentimes make you feel comfortable. They don't go out of their way to like inconvenience you. They're always there to think about you, think about your needs so that you don't have to. And that's why you wanted wives and girlfriends. So a lot of a lot of things have been assumed in that that statement. <laughs> you know, Quincy, go ahead. So I, I was what I was gonna say is that it seems to me that said patriarchal system probably does benefit women in some way too, right? Because the assumption, and I think one of the overwhelming assumptions is that this system is only for the benefit of the man. And I think that, you know, just based on what you just said, I feel that, yes, there are some things that, and, and I agreed, right? The construct itself does, and I, well, I can't even say that for sure, but let's just say it does, it certainly benefits the man, for sure, 100%. But does it benefit the woman as well? Do you think that there's no aspect to the system that benefits women? I guess that, that, and that's my question. Just thinking through what you're saying, real time. I think it benefits women if you want to uphold this system. I think it doesn't benefit women if you want to act outside of the system. So, like a woman like me that might not want to do all of the things that patriarchy assumes you should want to do for your husband or your friends or men in general, it doesn't benefit me. It actually causes me tension. Like my grandma saying to me, it's such a shame that your dad has to go to bed with his belly empty in a house full of women. He can boil his own like water. He can make his own food. He will survive. Why is it that, one, you're upset that I'm not making his food, but two, you're really upset that I have no desire to want to make his food? He's not going to starve. Yeah, so what I was saying in response to, to Tatiana's point there, and kind of, you know, I'm going to piggyback off Quincy's point and probably be accused of continuing to support another man in an argument. But what I will say is this, right? The, the patriarch, I don't even want to use the word patriarchy, but the male-dominated societal structure, everyone you know now that we are a more developed species or whatever everyone is 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 looking at this concept retrospectively and saying that you know this is a system designed to keep women in a certain place right i will say this there is no society in the world in just generally speaking in which people will take care of a useless man People will absolutely take care of a useless woman simply on the basis of the fact that she's pleasant to be around and pretty to look at. Absolutely. A man will marry a woman on the basis of that and will take care of her financially. No one will take care of a man under those circumstances. What I'm I saying is this. You. Hold on. Can I, may, may, I, may I please finish my point? What I'm saying is this, right? The patriarchy saddles men with a certain portfolio of responsibilities. By and large, you are expected to provide, you are expected to go out and work, you are expected to take care of yourself and eventually take care of a family, whether that means a, a wife and trend, uh, such is the case. That is the responsibility of a man in society. Some men do not fulfill it, mm -hmm. but most men feel the responsibility of having to fulfill it. So we can't 
conclude that the patriarchy is simply for the benefits of men. The patriarchy saddles men with as much responsibility as it does saddle women with a feeling of, I guess, quote-unquote, inferiority. And this is not an argument in support of the patriarchy. This might be an argument in favor of dismantling the patriarchy. If we are going to dismantle the patriarchy, let us simultaneously unburden men from those quote-unquote responsibilities that come with this system, as well as liberating women from the shackles of the system itself. So to me, the patriarchy is a two-edged sword. And I I yield yield the floor. I agree that it's a two-edged sword. I agree that it's not always for the benefit of men, and it kind of um, stunts your growth in some ways. And I agree that there are expectations set up in the patriarchy that you may or may not want. But I think that you're not arguing to dismantle the patriarchy because you're also not going to argue in favor of anything that inconveniences you. But who would? I mean, w- w- man or woman, who will get up on a soapbox and say, I want to establish this system that inconveniences me entirely? Like, who does that? Definitely not y'all. Um, there are some men that would, but they're not your friend. Um, I think that there is also like, there is, especially in Caribbean cultures, there is definitely space for men to not be shit and do shit and still be home living with their moms, their aunties, their cousins. And someone is expected to take care of this man, whether he is creating any outputs or not. He's not going to just be thrown into the street. Yeah, the, uh, the, we have a word for we have a word for those men in the Caribbean. Locho man. Yeah. Stuart, I don't know if you were gonna come in with something. I was gonna continue no, so talking. No, I, I, I did have a question. So I, I understand that there's a structure in place. Um, from the female perspective, there are some negatives. I think from the male perspective, there are some negatives. Um, I think from my perspective, I win in. So there's no way again me to to take that system apart unless it's I wouldn't say take it apart, but I do recognize that within this system, we can improve things for each other, right? I think, and and <coughs> this might be something we'll talk about further along in the episodes, but I think we're so, all of us, we're, well, I can't even say that. I would say at this point in society, there's this driving force to dismantle. And I think that some things have been, Human beings are not like altogether like stupid, right? We didn't just happen upon the structure just in a random way, you know, and, and in a way that is meant to be, you know, it's not the, the devil didn't think of the patriarchy and put it in place, right? Like we have, there's reasons for how we develop systems, structures, that type of stuff, right? So while I recognize that it may not be ideal, I don't think any structure is, right? For the way men and women interact i think you know if you look at political systems if you look at economic systems the you know there is always some room for improvement so i mean part of the reason we're having this discussion is because as much as we might be beneficiaries of said patriarchy we are open to hearing hey where we might have gone wrong and desirous for some change but i wouldn't say wholehearted dismantling of said systems right and, and i kind of i'm looking at you cancel culture right um <laughs> you know it's like i get it like there's some there should be some refinement of what we are doing of the approaches that we have but this wholesale dismantling 
of said structures without any how to put it any wisdom beyond our you know 30 something years of existence i think it's a little hard for me to at least stomach what do, what do you think about that do you think as as you said we are we're the ambassadors of said patriarchy this beneficiary and 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 i would say you know to be honest tati on some uh, it's kind of a little hurtful as a black man to be accused of being an advantage in a situation but that is a whole next conversation right <laughs> realistically that that's a whole next conversation because i don't often see myself at the the top of these structural i i don't think these systems are built for me i think they're built for for white men to be honest but as a next topic we probably could get into in another podcast but let's just say i am at the top of the said patriarchy and i'm willing to change what are some ways in which that we could change and make things better for our women because we we do care about them we do love them we want things to be to be better what do you think we should be doing as conscious men willing to have discourse, how do we make things better? Wow, that feels like a really heavy question because if I fuck it up, then your women are going to be like, damn, why didn't you say this thing for me? So I wish I would have called them <laughs> ahead of time to hear their specific thoughts because I'm not living with any of y'all. So I just want to acknowledge that pressure in case they're listening. And um, if I don't do them justice. Well, I mean, you are you are one of the women in our lives. So just, in, you know, generally speaking, as I'm a woman. I'm still going to acknowledge that pressure and how, like, I might get uninvited from Friendsgiving because I didn't answer the right way. Because, damn, that's a heavy question in the way that you asked it. Um... <laughs> I think a mm. couple things. I think ladies and gentlemen of the podcast, if we mess this up, it's Tati's fault. Oh, not even not. ladies and gentlemen, wives. <laughs> wives and girlfriends and sisters and other female friends of the men on the podcast. My bad, y'all. Um, I think that one, I Joe said it kind of like in jest earlier, but like actually listening to what women have to say about their experience, especially when they're talking about their experience with you, is one way to create change. And I know it's hard because in most of these relationships, they're very intimate. It's not like a clinical, you can be completely subjective or objective and, you know, it's it can't be that. So there is like defense and like other kind of emotions that come in based off of context, but listening for what they're saying to you about how your actions impact them I think is really important Two, I think not putting your intention above your impact. Cause a lot of times I think that we, when we assume that we're doing something for the right reasons or a good reason, or like being selfless for the other person, that the other person should just appreciate that selflessness, but maybe that's not the impact that your actions are having. And so being able to hear when people are talking about how your actions are impacting them. Three, I think um, not being so dismissive. Like the other piece of listening is like, not like I listened, I heard you, you said that thing, but like actually doing something with the thing that they said after they said it would be great places to start for the women that are in your lives. And then I think more broadly, you didn't ask me this, but more broadly for women in general, believe in women when they say things happen to them, not automatically dismissing them or saying like stereotypical things in your mind, what you do, like, oh, she's so emotional. Oh, she's not worth it because she's this or you like whatever reason you don't respect her makes her opinion invalidated. 
that's not cool. Maybe don't do that as much out loud. And 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 that actually that actually allows me to just you know bring bring up some examples right and maybe ask some of that some of those questions. So, uh, you know, for example, we've seen and in, you know Quincy and Debbie, you tell me how you guys feel about these subjects and how they came up, right? But I mean, we've we've seen it, uh, you know, from a Caribbean perspective where certain people have kind of been outed and tried to be cancelled within our own cultures, right? So, for example, the major hype situation from last year, right, where his wife came out and said. You know, he was being abusive and, you know, he cheated or whatever, whatever. And then, you know, he put, she, she put him on blast on, on Instagram because that's what we do in 2020, 2021, right? We put people on blast because she might have believed that nobody would have believed her if she said this guy that everybody loves, this underdog story from Brooklyn, this Caribbean man, right, who, who seemed to be making a good, a good name for himself, does also slap she down from time to time and also has been cheating on her. Right, so then he took that information and he took that that blasting, and then released some sex tapes of her. Like, and and now he is still, he is fine. He, there was very little backlash when it came to him and his career, and even his, you know, him being booked to to do shows and that kind of thing, because in the end she was just a crazy woman. And yeah, she crazy. I do, and we, we don't know. We don't. We actively do not know the nuances of that relationship. But it had, it had blown up so much within their personal lives that she decided that she needed to reach out outside of her own circle for other people to realize that she is going through something painful. Like, what, what are your thoughts around a situation like that one? Major hype specifically. To be honest, from a personal perspective, I have already been trying to, and with some degree of success, trying to implement these things into my own life and behavior. Right, so actually listening to women and believing what they say, and and you know, as a threshold matter, I I absolutely believe that that women should be listened to, that women should be given a fair shake, that to the extent that it is sensible, that women and men should share equal roles in the house, and to some, into, 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 and when I say house, I mean household and relationship and in work life and that sort of thing. In some in. In some contexts, it doesn't make sense, right? There are some things that men are better suited to. And yeah, some people might take that statement and be like, oh my God, no. Uh, to be honest, I think that there are some things because of who men are physically that we're better suited to. It. Manual labor might be one of those things. And yes, there are women who are capable of equal levels of manual labor as a man, but as a general matter, men are capable of, of you know, more efficient manual labor or whatever. There are some things that I, you know, I just think that are, are things that men do. I, and maybe I'm going to get cancelled for that statement, but that, uh, to be honest, that's... No, no, I'm going to take the, the burden off of you a little bit. There. there is some, there is some benefits, to special. There are some. There are some benefits. Well, there are some benefits, to specialization. That's not some made-up thing. Again, we need to stop denying the, the, the science and, uh, um, and the benefits of some of these approaches. Yes, you can mow the lawn just like I can, but if it's going to take you six hours and you're going to hurt yourself in the process, maybe you shouldn't be doing it, right? Uh, just a specialization. Now, between every coupled up pair, maybe that's different. We have some friends that maybe their wives should be outside doing the 
<laughs> but you know, you, that's something you need to handle on a case by case basis, right? And I think you know, again, open communication and really talking about it, I think, gets you over these kind of hurdles. But like there, you're saying, you know, ninety percent of men, you know, male female relationships, there are some things that can be that that should clearly be done by. Um, you know, one of one of two sexes. You know, I, and and again, maybe they could be reversed. They need, and you know, in twenty twenty one, and it's like, look, everything. There's no hard and fast rule. You know, woman shouldn't be barefoot and behind a stove. Right. That, I guess it. That's not what we're saying, right? But we are saying that. Hey, again, don't rip the whole thing apart. But just reana- reanalyze what 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 that means, right? Like, who's really better at which task? And I think for for a household, that finesse and ability to communicate and um really be flexible and and have an open mind and work with your partner and not against them because you know you have this patriarchal setup that works for you and nobody else um might be the the hallmark of a of a modern man or at least i would hope so anyway so i mean i i hear what you're saying clearly sandy i don't know who's gonna come and cancel it they probably will still anyway because you know sometimes logic doesn't really help communicate these these things but i do think we don't need to throw the baby with the bathwater, right and we do need to um think through how we could meaningfully improve these situations and and genuinely uh the question that i asked although as heavy as it might be i think is is intentional because the whole point of this podcast is to is to listen right and to to you know of course uh, to spend some time ribbing on my close friends but Aside from that, is to hear these topics and provide some, uh, you know, some of your insightful and, and not just you, all, all of our guests and, and us, you know, really share with the broader public, hey, this is how you might improve, you know, the woman in, in, in your life. You know, how, how do you improve her experiences and the way she goes through life? So um, hopefully we, you know, we, 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 we have somebody out there, even if it's not one of our wives and girlfriends, <laughs> you know. So somebody out there <laughs> is going to have a better day well because of this discussion. Well, I mean, Tati already apologized to them for any shortcomings. Basically. <laughs> so I th- so it perhaps encapsulated in what uh, Tati was presenting as a way to address the patriarchal system the you know the me too movement kind of is kind of the umbrella under which the the portfolio of ideas that tati was presenting is kind of presented to the public so without saying the word segue i think we're going to pivot to now discussing the me too movement i i know joe i i'm gonna work on on segueing without saying the word segue (laughs) we are gonna I would say that this I'm sure that feminist is probably a dirty word amongst you all but I feel like there have been people who have been doing this work not necessarily. I, I don't know that's just my assumption um, but there have been <laughs> why would you assume uh, that though because of the way that y'all are set up and the word like we use words like Luddite earlier like I'm just saying my lord Luddite feminists they my don't really lord. go together <laughs> but all that to say, anyway, that there have been people doing this work before the Me Too movement. I think the Me Too movement is so striking to you all because it created such accountability and, like, like big consequences came through. But, like, 
I think there have been smaller shifts that have been happening in the culture, especially, especially American culture, from like the 60s, 50s on, even back to the 20s when women got the right to vote. Like there have been like small shifts happening behind the scenes that like I think we're we take for granted now that weren't always the case. Like women couldn't always have bank accounts without men. Women weren't like at one point were viewed as men's property. At one point, like recently in New York State, they just changed the law so that a husband could rape his wife because that wasn't viewed a thing. So there has been like incremental change happening. I feel like before we come to this massive undertaking that is the Me Too movement. So what is the Me Too movement for the the Luddites in the crowd? That's for me, Tatiana Bienavi, to explain. Maybe the unwashed heat ends in attendance. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that is a Tati Bienavi question. An expert in the Me Too movement, but from how I understand it from like what's happening in the press is like it's a reckoning happening in the entertainment industry specifically that has rippled into other industries as well where men have been making sexual advances if not all out raping and harassing women and having no consequences that was just viewed as a part of women paying their dues to get to where they wanted to be and now some not all of those men are facing consequences for some of their more criminal actions in this country Okay, so the so the, the overarching goal of the Me Too movement is to impose accountabil- accountability on villainous rapists. In my understanding, the overarching goal of the Me Too movement is not about the men as much as it's about the women being able to speak up and share their stories. I think I think the Me Too movement is happening simultaneously with this cancel culture context that we're in with social media in the twenty first century. But I don't think those two things necessarily had to go together. Because there are some women that have shared their stories and, like, men haven't gone to jail and haven't had really any major consequences outside of, like, a woman said this thing happened. And it's not just about women, right? Like, Kevin Spacey got in trouble for whatever he did to that young man at one time or multiple times. Uh, I mean, so so I, I, I do have a, you know, I want to kind of slide in here because um, something you said is very important. Uh, well, Two things about specifically about this this topic. So, yes, it's a platform for women to communicate um, about the things that happen to them that usually, or at least in the entertainment industry, of course, with people like Weinstein, you dirty bastard, um, you know, kind of kind of altered their behavior and their pattern of behavior right over decades, right, um, where they would clearly. It's not a mistake. This is not, you know, something that happened at one time that, you know, you need forgiveness from. You have a pattern of behavior where you are making unwanted sexual advances and, you know, doing all kinds of, you know, I don't know the whole story. It's so disgusting. I didn't really, you know, was invested in getting the nitty gritty of it. But, I mean, we all know Weinstein is a, he's, he's not a good guy, right? And he did a, yeah, exactly, right? He's a predator. He did a lot of terrible things that um he deserved to 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 pay the piper for but i think what the platform has done and what is worrisome um to people you know and and to the average individual in society is that it's a one-sided thing right because i could decide after this meeting tatiana being me that uh you are x y and z and this has happened and there's no 
you talk about accountability, but it's not accountability from your side as the person sharing the story. I can just make some stuff up, right? And I could share it in a public way and, and there will be atonement. So it's kind of a dangerous, not saying not necessary, right? But, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And I feel like in some cases, like you, you kind of alluded to, well, hey, women have said certain things about certain people and nothing's happened. Well, I think all is with me when I personally hear those stories that there's always the, wow, I hope this is true because, you know, five months from now, even if it's not true, this person's career is dead. I'm sorry. Right? Look at, um, oh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Master Nun. What's his name? Um, yeah, exactly. I just think he has horrible sex. He's a nerd. He's, he's bad at sex and, and now he's lost his career because of that. Right, and and that's how that story came across to me. That's how it came across to several females around me. I think he actually tr- tried to apologize. I mean, they were both drunk. She was like, "I, you know, he was drunk, but he should have, you know." There's there's a lot of gray there. So I think, uh, you know, there were, and I can't say a lot, right? Because I was gonna kind of say there's a lot of people who've been hurt by this. I know there's a lot, but I could tell you that one incident where I didn't feel like it was, um, it made me too movement kind of caught caught this one individual off in a way that it shouldn't and i often wonder if there might be a better way to do that not that you would know that but that's kind of where you know you talk about quote-unquote members of the patriarchy kind of had problems with this because it's a very dangerous weapon that could be used in a in 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 a dangerous way you know what i mean it is indiscriminate at this point because now you have to it, it so could be manipulated and, uh, and, and abused. So, okay. I mean, I don't know I if you have any thoughts about that. I think it's a more nuanced conversation, right? Like, it is highly unlikely that some woman is going to come out of the woodwork and say, Quincy Stewart did this thing to me, and then that impacts you in your job or any real way because you don't have that level of um, celebrity. They're, like, we also have to consider class and race issues that are, like, feeding into the Me Too movement too, right? Like, the two, right. I would say, top black men that have been impacted by this are R. Kelly and Bill Cosby in any, like, real substantial criminal ways. And also, I know Joe has big feelings on this, but, like, what do you, however you come down on what yeah, happened yeah. with them, the, I think, to me, the biggest piece of what happens with them is that there is a whole network set up to support them in doing some pretty predatory things. Like, it wasn't just, like, R. Kelly was out here on the street talking to little kids, right? Like, there are, like, men going to seek out these little kids. And with Bill Cosby, there are people doing insidious things in the background, having women sign NDAs and stuff. So it's not just, like, one man and one woman having one interaction, like that Aziz situation that then leads to this, like, cancel culture when it comes to black men. And I think that's important to note because, like, I think that I personally would never want to see a black man uh, impacted by these charges in a way that is untruthful because we know there is a history, especially in the United States, of particularly white women saying things, black men did things to them, and then the black men suffering the consequences and it being lies. So I am, yes. I'm acutely aware of that and would never have this conversation in what I would call mixed company. The weaponization of of white In a more public space, my instinct would be to protect you if I could. 
versus just like shitting on your life. In addition to that, I do think that we have opportunities because of this Me Too movement. And what I, what I am interpreting as like a trepidation around public appearance to talk to our sons and our nephews and our friends about how we are showing up in relationships, about the best ways to move so that you can protect yourself. In addition to that, there are some rapey, creepy men out here doing things to women that are not consensual, and that's not okay. And there does need to be some kind of accountability for that, even within the desire to protect y'all. Because what often happens is in our desire to protect Black men, Black women suffer. And even though the Me Too movement was created by a Black woman, it took a really long time for that to come to light and it not be like, whatever that white woman from Charmed, whatever her name is, for her not to get all the credit for it. Like black women oftentimes, yeah, black women oftentimes are like, you know, the ones who suffer the most from these things and the ones who are offered the least amount of support. Cause right now we see all of the support pouring out for all these white women. I mean, you say, you say that black women are not, um, are not seen at least not as early on in, in this, right? I mean, in, in, do you think that it, that is, it was just harder and overall for, for black women to be considered part of the Me Too movement? I think that, as Zora Nohurston said, black women are the wheels of the world in that people don't respect, accept, or see our pain and don't always feel the need to interact with it. That's our like assumed natural state of being. In pain? In that we'll figure it out. Gotcha. No, I will say. So I mean, go ahead. So I will say this about the Me Too movement, right? Uh, so, what I think has happened is that it has drifted from women must be heard to women must be one hundred percent believed, regardless of whether or not there's evidence to support the allegations being levied against X person, right? I understand. Look, absolutely, there are creepy, rapey men out there doing creepy, rapey stuff every single day. 100%. There's no doubt about it. And these people should be found and they should be tried in a court of law and they should receive due process and they should receive whatever punishment they justly earned. However, there are also crazy women who lie. That is a fact. Women are, are no less prone to lying than men. And if there is an issue between a man and a woman and the, the, the way that she, she can get back at him is to create a story, th these things have happened. This, this is not, it's not mysterious. These things have happened. What stands between totally dismissing women and imprisoning innocent men is due process. Fact-finding establishing an evidentiary case and then making sure that the people who are guilty suffer the consequences of their action. I don't believe that anybody should just be believed. I believe that you should be heard. And if there's evidence supporting what you're saying, that action should be taken. That's my stance on it. That's my summary of the Me Too movement. I think that 
that is great in the ideal, but that's not what actually happens in this country. Like there was this young man in upstate New York that just raped four, like he admitted to raping four teenage girls. And he just got probation. Oh, yeah. yeah. I that. that story. Jesus uh, about that. Well, yeah, that, 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 that is unacceptable. That is just that's, unacceptable. That's their due My process. My God. There is no justice for them, and there will never be. <sighs> Even yeah, with that, evidence. That, that, yeah, boy. I'm uh, sorry to cut you off there, boy, Sandy. We can't no, see no, no, that. No, I'm, I'm not a person who usually watches the news, and I just happen to be watching this this um nbc or something like that and i see this come across and it's four young underage women and he's from a well-to-do of course he's from a well-to-do because if he wasn't from a well-to-do this story would have gone in another direction right if he if he was rather get go ahead no 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 listen to you four years no just eight years of probation it's just crazy we we hear you know tati i mean so, Joe mentioned something earlier with this major or, or major hype issue, and I and I, I believe when we were in the throes of it, you know, one of my issues, and I think the one he had, you know, look, this this one we're talking about, obviously, had due process. He admitted to being guilty, all of that stuff, and something should have been done above and beyond what was obviously done in that situation. But with the major hypocrisy as it was unraveling, we unraveling in social media, right? All of these steps that you're talking about, Sandy, none of those were done, right? We were already there were already pitchforks drawn, right? Um, you know, we were we were, you know, putting together the tools to, to go on a witch hunt, right? And people had already made up their mind, uh, without any evidence of anything that this man needed to pay. Now I this was very early in the incident, right? Obviously, after that, there was the sex tapes. There was all kinds of missteps by mis- Mr. Hype <laughs> along his his um, purported you know journey to to um, prove that he wasn't uh, who this young lady was saying he was. But I feel like, and I don't know if this is a consequence of of where we are in twenty twenty one. Um, as a people for something to end up on social media and just be accepted as fact um, regardless of your level of celebrity right um, and I and I feel like there's a danger to, to that even if I went on social media and make some stuff up I don't want people to just believe me I have some scrutiny do some kind of some 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 diligence and i don't know what to to do about that but i think it becomes very difficult for individuals such as myself to necessarily um jump on board you know at first glance with with these issues because i know um like you said in the one time and i, and I reference aziz just because i mean for me is that kind of cross the line of our this is ridiculousness um, and it's a good example that we would all know. But I, I feel like if we're gonna, if we're really gonna do how how to put it, participate in these movements or shifts or whatever the case is, I think the pioneers of these movements and, and then the people who are participating, like there's gotta be some some better way to mm-hmm. uh, validate, verify before these things just become these national topics is big cultural 
shifts and now you know i forever know sandy on a panels man and, and now he's uh you know because of that the man transfers in his bike but now i think in sandy's a rapist because you have to understand at the end of the day you say minimal impact but when everybody think he's a wife beater i don't know if that ever goes away right i, I, I mean i, I don't away. know if that the, the, how does that go away i mean every time you have to look at somebody who you know doesn't know you in the back of their head they're like you just beat up your wife Right, true or not, like, I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I get it that maybe it'll hit the pocket and that's why it's assumed that there's, a, you know, th- there's not significant impact or whatever, something that you can see, but, you know, I, as somebody who cares about, you know, uh, their partner, if somebody put that out in the, in the news about me, I would be, that would hurt me forever. I don't know if I would ever recover from that. Uh, you know, a hundred percent, I would. You know, walk away with with a scar. That hey, boy, this is some. This is out there about me now, and it, it it it's not true. So I I you know, I, I hear what Sandy saying. I Sandy in the ideal world, Tatiana in the real world. But what do we do to kind of improve? Again, we talk about the patriarchy being a failed system. I feel like the Me Too movement is a failed movement. So, you know, and that's my feeling. It needs to be improved. Um, not that at core is not a good is not good or bad. I think it's it is good, right? If we give a woman voices and ability to, to speak out. Um, but I do think that it is failed in the sense that it is in the way it's executed. Well well, Stuart, I think that the Me Too movement is uh it's an overcorrection because the systemic injustices perpetrated against women had gone on so long and for so many years that when finally the dam broke, the pendulum swung all the way in the other direction. I believe that we will find some happy medium between absolute me too and absolute patriarchy in time. I think we will settle to some some middle ground where Due process will largely take the place of of emotions and women will be heard but not necessarily believed immediately. And indeed, when fact and evidence establishes that women should be believed, appropriate action will be taken to address their concerns. I I think that's where we need to go in time. We're not there yet, uh, but that's kind of where where we need to settle. I, f- I feel like even that, that has a limited reach, right? Uh, and I, I only say that has a limited reach, and I'm not sure if that, I don't, I'm not even sure if that's the proper middle ground. And I'm saying that only because you and I, like we are, for the most part, decent human beings, right? Uh, for the I most mean, part. For the most part. For people who actually don't, like actually trying to do these things, they know how to cover their tracks really mm. well. You get what I mean? So, so for example, you know, you, we gave the we gave the the R. Kelly example, right? Uh, I mean, horse R. Kelly has been doing that for decades, for decades, and it's been it's been covered up just enough for him to be okay. You get what I mean? You, Tatiana, you're very correct. I will not speak on Bill Cosby for the sake of this podcast, and to ensure that the ladies and gentlemen of this podcast understand that any of my particular views are separate from those of my partners. <laughs> But, uh, but uh, you, you know, you want to think about someone like this this guy upstate who, who raped four women or whatever. Like, you think that was easy for them to find? You know what I mean? Like, the, we, we constantly hear about all of these, you know, se- we're hearing about all of these sexual crimes that happened in the 80s and the 70s and the early 90s. 
and it's like, oh shit, like where was that? These people couldn't hide their tracks really well. And I think that's one of the main reasons why this whole situation exploded at a particular point in time, because it was like, like it needed to explode. You get what I mean? And you're right, it's, it is an overcorrection, but I'm not sure if going back to the same justice systems that we had before is the is the balance in that overcorrection. I'm not I don't know what it is. I can't speak to what it is. I have I, I don't know enough about the law. I don't know enough about investigations to, to really to, to be able to speak to that. But at a certain point we do have to we do have to pause things. Even social media probably not the best place for this. But people need to be affronted properly with with this kind of stuff because enough people have gotten away with it because uh, it, in the end, that's what that's that's kind of the point of, of of it being undercover, right? Like people try to to hide their tracks, you know, and they've been getting away with it for very long. So that that's just my that's just my two cents on it. I mean, the whole idea of evidence and all that stuff that's all well and good. Sexual crime evidence goes away real quick, bro. You know, so that and and that's why sometimes you kind of have to you have to grab it by the neck early, you know. All right. So that's anyway. You are right. Two cents. Cheers. I don't think that Me Too, the Me Too movement is a failed movement. I think this cancel culture situation is very insidious and very problematic. I think that what Me Too, the Me Too movement kind of exposes that is harder to deal with. So I think people kind of leave it alone is the fact that men have been taught to prioritize their pleasure and their wants and their desires, sometimes at the expense of other people particularly the white men, but all men sometimes. And so that shows up in these really um, hateful, hurtful ways sometimes because they don't have the language or the tools or the training to handle rejection, to even conceive of that being a thing, or because they're in positions of power where they don't have to even conceive of something like rejection. Um, And so I think for me, it highlights with the next generation and for those of us who are willing to do our work now, that we need to be doing our own inner work, that we need to be figuring out how we deal with our inner, like our vulnerabilities, how we deal with things like rejection, how we understand things like consent. We should make that more of a everyday conversation versus like consent is only for these big sexual acts. Mm. And then I think that men need more empathy training. I think when it's like a lot of empathy training and feelings work societally is pushed on women and not so much on men. And I think that really does y'all a disservice and boxes y'all up in, in a way that sometimes you express yourselves um, in not the best ways because you just don't know how. And lastly, I think like any of our mess and all of our mess just shouldn't be on social media in general. Like this baby Danny Reed situation major hype it's just all bad when you try to like handle your business in the court of public opinion instead of between the two people that it actually impacts i mean it it comes out in public opinion at least i believe and and you tell me if 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 maybe i'm being you know making too many excuses for others um I feel like it comes out in, in, into the court of public opinion because people feel like they have no other choice. You know what I mean? Like this person or this entity has way too many roadblocks and I will get, I will end up on the road with my trauma and my pain. I think, you know what I, I mean? think that um, 
someone that wasn't in your cliff notes, your like your your notes for today that is a really interesting topic for conversation is um, Lawrence from Insecure. Sure notes. And I think that um, sometimes men suffer from this concept of trying to be the good guy and trying to not fall into any of the statistics. Like y'all don't want to go to jail. Y'all don't want to be deadbeat dads. You know, you want to make something of your life, be providers like Barry said earlier. And I think that sometimes you are offered a very prescriptive way for that to look. And that doesn't allow you to live into your own truths and figure out your own truths for how that can actually be. Since you're just trying to be a good guy and not do the wrong thing or not be perceived the wrong way. There's not a lot of room when you're only dealing with perceptions to fix the reality. I like that. It's, it, that, that particular last one is, is making me think a little. I don't have a good response to it because of it. Thank you, Tati. I do that. I mean, I, I have my You're thoughts welcome. on that, but that, that you know, we could, we could, no, 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 I, I think that the discussion of manhood is an entirely different podcast, and I, I don't necessarily want to start going down that road right now, because that, that is, uh, to me, that's a lengthy discussion, and we could probably have it at another time. Okay, yeah, I like it. So that Barry means, said I'm not invited to your conversation no, about no, no, Oh, no, no, I, I was actually about. <laughs> I was actually about to, to say, you know, that means that we have to invite Tati back on for that conversation. Yeah, most, most, most definitely. Um, and, and, and to provide a, you know, the unique perspective and, you know, one of the things, you know, and introducing yourself, um, we've been friends a long time and, um, yes. and your insight is always valuable and without need for absolute agreement, in either direction, I think the, 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 the point of the, the discourse is in and of itself important. And it's helped me to grow tremendously um, as an individual. And, and just, you know, just want to say thank you. And I think the team here, uh, we've all grown to appreciate that. And we do appreciate your, your input. Um, but we ain't perfect. And we, and, but we're working towards being better versions of ourselves and and i think you've definitely have helped all of us um and continue to uh help us along that path so um thank you for for doing so uh do we have like a do we have like a small handful <laughs> for her in the back or something it just it just sound like a really good <laughs> intro to, that that comes with a plaque you know what i mean just imagine the <laughs> I Just imagine the, the now, now look at Quincy today. Yeah, look at the patriarchal bastard he still is. Imagine what he would have been had he not met <laughs> you, Tatiana. Jesus wept. Bro, I know what he was. Yeah, I know what he was. You want to talk about incremental oh, change? Yeah. My God. <laughs> <laughs> it is possible. It is. <laughs> Baby steps. You have to appreciate every small win. <laughs> I mean. I mean, you know, to, to I mean, that it was end, just fine mean, to me. I, you know. Do we see? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're still working on you, Gary. We're still working, praying for you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, to that end, right? Let's say, let's say, you know, college Quincy was cancelled, right? How many years? How many years until Quincy could come back out into polite society again and actually, you know, face face some of that, uh, face some of them scars? Like, how long is too long? That is, that is a. I feel like that's a future. A future state for a lot of these people who've been cancelled recently. 
and you know, like you know, Quincy, you mentioned it earlier, right? And I know that's that is has always been one of your major concerns, right? Like, how how long is too long? So I could never work again yeah, in life. You basically you just murdered me because I cannot provide for my my own survival. I can't provide for my family doing the thing I was trained to do. So now I should just there, die. There goes or, Joe you know trying I mean? to like, cleverly like, pivot the topic again. <laughs> God damn it, Derry! Like, come on. I also, I, I disagree. I think that cancel culture is a young man's game, and I think that when I think back to our Howard years and some of the wild shit that people did while they were at Howard, well, we were very clear that shit stays there. Like, it wasn't. Yeah. We weren't out here like, oh, now we need to go and tell like your Fortune 500 company all the fuck shit you were doing while you were on campus. Like, yeah. I, I know it might Ugh. feel like. Cancel culture is everywhere, but there are definitely places in society where you guys are safe to do your shit and be here in the streets and that not come back to you in those ways because not everybody is looking for your downfall and there are concerted efforts to protect black no, no, people no, I would and more say, specifically I would say black this. men. You might, you, I, you might, people might talk shit about you in, in the private conversation, but they're not bringing that to like your boss. I think there are specific things that people get canceled for, though. I, I you know, whether good or bad, there are certain classes of persons that you simply cannot talk about. Like that is simply fodder for cancellation. Those classes of persons aren't necessarily the people who you do, as Tatiana just said, wild shit in these streets when you are at college. Like that is not gonna come back to bite you, but. Say something about. You're talking about I, the alphabet I, 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 I am afraid to even say the alphabet people. I'm to tell you the honest here. truth. I'm not here for that conversation. That's what I'm talking about. You're talking about your other friends. Uh, yeah, there you go. Ah. There you go. She's definitely talking about the alphabet. No, not necessarily. There, there are just certain classes of people. There are protected classes of people, and then there are classes of people even beyond that level of protected protection, right? And. Oh, my goodness. Okay, like, like whom? Wow. No, I'm not. I'm not. What I'm saying is, it is not necessary. You don't even necessarily need to talk about those people's in a pejorative sense to be cancelled. I think there is there is a criticism, no matter how slight, when directed at persons of those particular classes, is going to get you cancelled. Period. End of discussion. That is just how it's going to go. And I'm not necessarily sure that that's a good thing. I am talking about any sort of, even in a non-pejorative sense, any sort of, of criticism whatsoever, no, whether it be harmful or not. You just can't say anything about them. I think that is what it is. All. That's the way the world works. And so you got to be careful in public spaces about how you talk. And that's why you guys have very special platonic love places like the bromance where you can talk your shit. Because I also think every conversation is not meant to be a public conversation shared with the masses. You can have your opinions. You can talk your shit. You just need to know who to talk that shit around. Mm. I can respect that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I, I also do have to admit that I am, you know, and I kind of said it at the start of the podcast. There is something within me that always kind of looks at, well, 
um, I ever part of those that that the sacred groups that could never get you know talked about. <laughs> Let me tell you, you're not, bro. <laughs> because every room I walk into, and I'll tell, and, and I was having this conversation recently with my family group, and I'll share it with you guys. So, um, I do quite a bit of travel for the work that I do, and um, as a young black man in 2021, I still get those looks, you know. In, in, in lots of spaces you know um, and it's like well I, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do to stop getting these looks <laughs> you know they, 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 you don't belong the you know oh my god I'm confused the, you know and it's still like okay well I thought we were done with, with this but then like you were kind of alluding to Sandy if you were if I was somebody else and I saw they get those looks and, you know, it came out, there would be some action, <laughs> you know, and it, it, it's, it's just a little disappointing, you know, from my perspective. So, I mean, just, just in line with that, it's, it's not that, and I think Tati said clearly, there is some protection. I think black women, regardless of how, you know, I guess we don't treat them all that well, right, because this is part of the discussion we're having. Um, do do the darndest to take care of us, but I think that um, in the cultural exchange of the United States and the work that you know has been done, or supposedly that incremental change that has happened over many decades for a country that we frankly work very hard to to help bring to where it is. That as a young black man in twenty twenty one, I still have to deal with a lot of stuff that I think we shouldn't have to deal with. But hey, that's just my. I agree with you, and I think that makes it. I think. Well, one, I literally had to go see five different doctors for a minor ailment to get the medicine that I needed to get better, and the only doctor that listened to me, and was able to respect that I was in pain and that things weren't okay was a woman of color. The four other white women doctors could not help me with this very basic ear infection ailment that continued to get worse. So like, I think that part of the struggle for black men in this like double, triple consciousness is that you are oppressed when you're moving around some spaces in this racist world, especially in the United States. And I think that's a more external conversation, but then the internal conversation that I would like to see more of happening between black men and black women is like, how does that then enter into the dynamics that you bring into your relationships? Like, how are you dealing with your pain? And how is that showing up for other people sometimes because you're not dealing with that pain? And the fact that you can oppress somebody else while simultaneously being oppressed. That's why we went to Howard. Bearing it deep, Tatiana. (laughs) No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a very serious conversation. And I don't, you know, wow. That is unboxing a whole, you know, box of... of Absolutely. And, we don't have time to get into that now. I just want to want say it's it, it, it a steward of the information. Because I think it might be... Yeah, if we can. We can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, when Derry did say we'll, we'll have some, uh, some more gender-direct conversations at some point, uh, Tatiana, I promise you that you will not be attacked in that podcast either. I know that's a concern of yours from earlier, my comment about the alphabet people, but I would love you to be part of that conversation when we do I mean, finally have it. Is it even it. pejorative to call them the alphabet people? Are we, I mean, Joe, you. 
It might be. It might be. And uh, you know, listen, uh, you guys can. You I think this is a great place to, to segue uh, to for the, that particular sentence. Do you remember when they getting cancelled? <laughs> well, well, well. I, I think I, th- I think that's what we were talking about, right? Like, and uh, Tatiana, just to let you know, this is not a mansplaining thing, but you said the word listen. segue, and I'm not going to and accept I... it. From due or dairy. So both all you. Well, all I'm saying Joe, is that I think that the people of the podcast need clear delineations when we move from topic to topic. Sometimes your segues are just too smooth. They're too what? smooth, Joe. I think it's too smooth. I think you guys that's need the point of having a, like how, how much delineation you need in a I need a right angle turn, Joe. I need a right angle turn. You need a Oh Jesus Christ. We we do we do have a closing ritual, Tatiana, and we will get to the closing ritual. Yes. I was going to ask, just, just to say, earlier you stated that there's a certain level of celebrity that comes with cancellation, right? So you said that for Quincy, he could not have got cancelled for the stuff he did in college. But some of these people that have been cancelled at a higher level, the celebrity, so to speak, some of them can never work again. Some of them don't have the means to just live off of you know, the money that they've had in the past or whatever. What do they do? They can never be in the public eye again. Do they have to be in the background? Yeah, that's not people who are associated with them. Because I think there are some people that are lucky that they're not in jail, Joe. Like, some people out here committing crimes. And all you're doing is not getting a check, but you still have your freedom. Yeah, that's not a good one. It's not a good one. I don't really, I don't feel bad for you. I think, to answer (laughs) your question, I think that as long as there has been um, this idea of celebrity within humanity, there has also been a shadow job of being a publicist and somebody rehabbing your community like your image to the community whether that happens on like a you know more intimate like basis or like there are large pr firms where this is what they do and they help you pick that role where you seem really sweet or write that apology letter i think and this is a soapbox i could get on I think that sometimes black men don't accept that help because they feel like they have transcended that level of celebrity and they're not black, they're OJ. So sometimes people will say to them, hey, hire this PR firm. This shit's coming down the pipe. And then the black man is like, nah, I'm good. And then they get the consequences. OJ, (laughs) Kevin Hart, Nate Parker. Um, And so I also think sometimes when the help is offered to you, Joe, you got to take it. If you don't take it, that's also on you. Okay. I feel you on that. I mean, I would say this too, right? If you are, I mean, we might complain about cancer culture, but if you are a a celebrity and you make Mm -hmm. your living from the adoration of the masses, then that should come with an understanding that the masses are fickle, right? And if the masses choose not to participate or participate in your product anymore that's simply it it is what it is that is how you chose to make a living you were selling a product to people who no longer wish to demand your product and unfortunately that that is that is part and parcel and i don't think cancellation dealing with the vicissitudes of 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 fickle men and women i agree and it doesn't last forever like i don't unless you're going to jail not that i'm saying that that cancellation is always the answer but yeah, but he's also going to jail <laughs> and he still gets his royalties from the music like let's not act like that's not happening I think R. Kelly's done man 
<laughs> no, he went to jail. He's in the jail category. He's in the jail well, category. Okay, fine. Yes, he's in the jail category. Should we stop? Should we stop listening? Should we stop listening to R. Kelly's music? We're asking you. We're asking your opinion. Well, I mean, obvi- ob- woman, obviously, woman, explain to us. Yeah, woman, explain opinion. to us. Wow, it's probably going to be your only chance. Asshole. Oh yeah, you've not met my mother. <laughs> I personally don't listen to R. Kelly. Have you ever listened to R. Kelly? I did before. Before I knew what was happening in Chicago, and then once once it came to like my neck of the woods and my little my little life, the small like you said, the small thing I have control over, I can't make him no go good. to jail. Is I can stop streaming his music. So this closing ritual, when does the closing ritual happen? You, you, you keep trying to cancel us, Tatiana, and I don't know why. I'm not trying to cancel you. I'm just trying to exit the conversation. You're trying that sounds to... A lot like, this sounds a lot like woman-splaining to me. Exactly. Does it? You keep trying to silence <laughs> our me too. But I also know you, that... You guys can keep on talking to yourselves. I don't... Once again, I am not a part of the bromance, and I just respect oh, how much you guys love each other. <sighs> I mean, I, I just detest how much you're trying to turn this bromance into an alphabet letter type of thing. I don't like it's it. It's not an alphabet Good letter Lord. type of thing. I keep on saying it's a really strong platonic love. There you go. I barely there like these men, but okay. <laughs> it really is just a minimal degree of tolerance. Yeah, pretty much. Just threshold. And you know what's wonderful is I don't care. I'm going to keep reading <laughs> every opportunity presented to me even some that aren't presented to me <laughs> it'll make them up it'll create them absolutely yeah. aside from me completely removing myself from these individuals uh i'd like to thank tati for joining us this week on just old talk just a round of applause thank you. thank you very much tati, for all of your wisdom this the main reason i think that we all really wanted you on the part on this particular podcast is that you know, you're you're one of the women in our lives that definitely speaks to us in, in, in a way that we that, that you you meet us exactly where where you think you need to. You know what I mean? As opposed to, you know, trying to be silenced in any real way. As well as you being very knowledgeable about a lot of things when it comes to this. So thank you so much for joining us. This is Jorian. This is Quincy. This is Derry. Uh join us next time for our Christmas music episode, I think, but you know, we keep our promises about as much as an absentee father, so you know, <laughs> might, might be that, oh, might gosh. be something else. Uh, this has You'll been, be all right. <laughs> You'll grow up to be an engineer in your future. Exactly. This has been Just Old Talk. Mm-hmm.